0: Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So
1: get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show.
0: So hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. Today, I'm actually super excited to have the first customer I ever had. Actually, he was my first customer and one of the reasons I got into business. So it's Nikolai Skachkov from... uh, Circula, who's the CEO and founder. Welcome, Nikolai, to the show.
1: Hi, hey, Thibault. Great to be here. How are you doing? Good, good. Busy day, Monday, many pitches, but I feel good. <laughs> okay, great. That's great.
0: So, Nicolai, we're actually going to talk about um, selling to German traditional businesses. Um, it's actually, I think it's going to be a really interesting episode for a lot of people because... A lot of people who are listening to me are based in the us we have a lot in the in germany and uh germany or DACH is kind of like the big black box everyone wants to go in but they don't really know how to do that and you have a strong experience actually building a team selling yourself to german traditional businesses but before we go into that can you tell us a bit more
1: about you who you are and what you're doing yeah sure so as i said nicolai co-founder I'm responsible for the business side meaning mostly sales marketing partnerships fundraising strategy and um, I studied I mean I'm from Russia grew up in Germany Um, during my studies of uh, business in Cologne New York I got the idea of entrepreneurship and thought I want to be an entrepreneur because actually my initial idea was to either become an architect or to study design but I was too afraid that I wouldn't make it so I thought business is the safe bet and then um, during my studies, I decided I wanted to um, do a gap year um, to do internships. And I went to do an internship at KPMG and then at HSBC and MA because I thought like, this is what you do if you study business. Um, but then I concluded that that's not my cup of tea. And I went on to work um, in an early stage startup in, in Asia called Compare Asia Group. Uh, they are now quite successful backed by Goldman. It's basically the Czech 24 money supermarket of, of Southeast Asia. Where I met a few good friends and like the inspiration I got there especially with working with people who are not german based but more like US or international as they said like look go get practice or experience and afterwards you can do an MBA so I decided I come back to Germany because of uh, my family and um, I went on to work in um, a company builder basically media I presume that it's media group this was like the big media house that was incubating startups in the e-commerce sector and as I started there it was a Good, but very short time because they decided to abandon the project but for me it was awesome because i got introduced to FinLeap. it's a fintech focused company builder that has built companies like solaris bank clark and is now quite renowned in the fintech space and this is where i met roman and roman he is my co-founder and cto and i mean it was really like a good coincidence or destiny because he's the technical co-founder he's in his late 30s He has done enterprise projects he built uh, payment products across Europe um, and we met we, we were good fit from a technical point of view or skills but also we managed to like we were working on one project together and it was quite intense and this is where I saw um, that you have to find someone that you could trust and you could also go through hard times and then four and a half years ago we decided to build a Circular okay nice so that's you know I got to learn
0: a lot of things about about you in there mm-hmm. um, so, so I'm curious to know like
1: what are you sending? What is circular? So it started with a very simple proposition, expense management. You know, so if you travel and you don't only have pictures of receipts that you want to process, but allowances or mileages, this is the product that we've built. And this is what we were initially focusing on until um, this year. And since this year, the product vision has evolved into something much, much bigger. Which is also, I would say, quite rejuvenating and exciting for the for the company because we managed to move from expense management into corporate benefits. And we basically are merging those two product categories because we believe, especially also talking to our clients, um, like everyone wants to have a good process, everyone wants to have tax compliance, and you want to also reward your employee by paying for his lunch or paying for the kita, Mm -hmm. but it's it's coming with some tax complexity or issues and this is what we take care of so it's one app that you as an employee can use Um, the receipts are processed all everything is calculated afterwards you have a workflow and we push those information to your respective um, general ledger or payroll so it's a ZAS product uh, but coming from expenses and now basically moving on into becoming the employee finance hub that's what we call it
0: Okay. Okay. What got you to actually
1: make this this uh, this pivot? Um, so basically, I mean, two factors. Factor one, Corona, last year, travel expenses, not the best product category mm-hmm. to be in. But for us, it was also like this catalyst because we were collecting these type of feedback from customers. Because like one thing that we did quite well and where we did not uh, compromise from from the first day onwards is, We built a really good user experience, natively programmed, great user experience, but we also took the whole tax compliance into account. I'm going to talk about this in a second. Um, And what people were asking us, look, guys, you have built a product which is used by thousands of employees of ours. Uh, why, why don't you open it up to more use cases? And this is where we saw coming from this whole allowance topic where you have to calculate information for per, per, for, for, for the payroll. It makes so much sense to actually go beyond that. And today you could use our app for these three different verticals, for expenses, for mobility, for lunch. And going forward, there are going to be more adjacent areas added because the reason behind it is um, we have the chance to put more money into the bank of the employee um, and from a buyer persona or a, this is a decision maker point of view, you want to avoid having too many apps. So this is something that we know because we all work in startups and you want to work on a platform like Slack. And this is just the same issue if, you were, if you're working in a 1000 employee organization. And we see this opportunity to manage any type of daily transaction between the employee and the finance imperial department.
0: Okay. Okay. I see. So I think it's, it's very interesting because the uh, sector of expense management is extremely crowded and competitive. There's like a lot of, uh, of actors and, uh, and, and what you can see is uh, in the US, for example, you have these big guys like Expansify and they, they have this kind of huge market. And in that, for example, or Germany, things are a lot different where there's a lot of regulations that are very specific. And what you see, I guess you've seen that is that a lot of new actors are like, Hey, we're going to open Germany. And then they realize how complex it is. How really like uh, you know like all the kind of data integration and all these things can be can be complex, and so I'm curious to know like uh, when actually we started working together, you were figuring out your ICP, understanding who you were selling to. Um, So, what's your ideal customer profile right now? Who are you? What type of company and what Mm -hmm. type of job titles are you going after?
1: Yeah, so like maybe some interesting stats. So we have now around almost 800 companies using the product um predominantly german-based but also operating in eight other countries which we are covering um our average company has at the moment 196 employees so it's not small but it's also not Mm -hmm. large but this is i think the major opportunity to build something which is for large SMBs and mid markets and um basically the 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 split maybe also interesting to mention of our customers is so we have like the big names like McMakler, Lilium, Omeo, Urban Sports Club as clients. So 30% of our customers are tech companies. But 70% of our customers are professional services, Mittelstand. Uh, so companies from healthcare, companies from machine engineering, professional services, private equity, real estate. So we are really, we've managed to build something which is not only appealing to startups and to get there, it's more than just taking pictures of receipts. And this is where we see us the long run having the product which is winning a big chunk of the market
0: yeah so for those who don't know what Mittelstand means it's like smb and in germany i think they're responsible for 80 or 90 percent of the the kind of gdp or, or basically Mittelstand are what we call the hidden champions I meaning you don't know about them you don't hear about them sometimes they don't even have a website but mm-hmm. they are generating like all the infrastructure all the uh the kind of like things we use everyday and we don't think about they are often created by what we call the mittelstand mm-hmm. and they are they are very famous for being extremely hard to reach because often people are not super active on linkedin uh, or xing or they are just kind of hidden that's why we call them the hidden champions but they they have tons of cash and so i'm curious to know like what's the the kind of uh, approach you have to get in touch with these these people so you said like 70% of your customers are these kind of people. So consulting companies, mm-hmm. uh, machine engineering, this kind of thing. So what was your approach to get uh, get them to, to sign?
1: Yeah, I mean, so when it comes to the split of like how, how do we acquire customers? I mean, just as any other SaaS company, we have, we have inbound channels, content performance, uh, partnerships, which are working very well. I can talk about partnerships in a second. Uh, and now we're starting to ramp up um, ramp up outbound. Um, and basically, it took time to have the product maturity because actually it's not, as I said, it's a lot about tax compliance. And especially if you're selling to companies that has been around for 30, 40 years, they have already like the luggage that they bring on board and want to expect from the product. And this is where we reached the maturity or the tipping point, I think, was somewhere around the beginning of this year. And um, basically, what um, um, the way we have started was we, like the first customers we had were one football and aux money, so German tech companies. And then we, it took slowly time to time to build. And then what started and what was really helpful for us was, first of all, a partnership with Personio, who is referring us quite actively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what happened as a breakthrough end of last year is Dativ that you mentioned. So maybe for the non German listeners, Dativ mm-hmm. has a 95% market share when it comes to software for tax agents. So everyone is using it in Germany. And 1.4 million SMBs are running on their software. And Dativ has decided to terminate their own expense product and sign an exclusive deal with us. Nice. Meaning that for the next five years, when they have interactions with clients or tax agents, they're referring the clients to us. And this is a huge booster in terms of lead gen for us, but also in terms of trust. So we just recently won a company like Deutsche Fußball Bundesliga. Um, And there are many, many more examples because Dativ is such a trust uh, signal. So this is a big chunk uh, that inbound via our partnerships. Um, but and and the other uh, like like the, not relevation, but the other insight that we got now is uh, what what's important is similar I guess to any industries you have to find the first customers in the respective industry that you want to target. Mm-hmm. And ideally you find some with some reputation and this helps tremendously if you do any type of account-based marketing, um, also prospection targeted communication as an SDR, because uh, by now, if there is a company from chemistry or from pharmaceuticals or from management consulting or text consulting, we have our reference clients that we can uh, drop in the email or in the communication. And this is helping a lot. I think in that to that extent the german mittelstand is not different from other industries or geographies i would say they are a little bit more reluctant and i think their standards are quite high from a product point of view so if your product is not localized if it's not fulfilling the requirements from a compliance point of view you won't make it Uh, if you don't have a german customer support you have to be quite big like zoom maybe then i mean they will just buy it because it's the best product but as long as there is a choice it's going to be a tricky one And lastly, having the right reference clients helped us a lot. In terms of the buyer persona, we are having four buyer personas. The the primary primary buyer persona is the head of finance, Mm -hmm. because this is the person that is responsible for the general ledger that wants to make sure everything is compliant, but also not his employees. Um, The second buyer persona is the head of HR, because since we went into benefits, that's a topic which is more related to employer value proposition but also exciting for us because it opens up like the possibility to um, approach the same account from two different angles. Mm-hmm. And then we have the tax agent and the employee as additional buyer personas, but head of finance, head of HR. These are the entry points. Okay.
0: Okay. I see. And um, it sounds like partnerships are, are becoming extremely important in your case. You mentioned Personio, which is like, uh, I never thought about it, but it's actually, they are selling to the same persona. Um, and they are really successful. So, can you tell me a bit more about how you got this partnership, and and, and what was the process to get there?
1: Yeah, it was quite, uh, I would say, entrepreneurial and without a lot of, how um, we say, it was straightforward. We started three, no, two and a half years ago, I think, like basically because we had joint customers and they were saying like, look, we would love to make it simple for us. Pozo was exposing the. Published published the API to use the to manage the employee master data, mm-hmm. and we just approached Roman and Hanno from from Personio and told them like, look guys, we would love to uh, basically um, get access to it. And they said, just code, get ex like ask us if there are questions, but uh, just just make it happen. And then we we built it, and then we saw slowly starting to have more customers requesting it. And for us, it was quite ideal because they were growing at a good pace, uh, very similar target customer. Uh, profiles and what we started to do is actually um, have um, like uh, sales enablement so basically or partner enablement basically presenting our product our proposition how are we different from the other players in the market because you mentioned it's it's relatively crowded and they understood the proposition Mm -hmm. and i think what has been important for us in hindsight or i mean i did not invent it i think if you do partnerships we have to see how you can create a proposition which is going beyond a kickback Mm -hmm. And this is what we managed to do. So every time you can find a partner where you could either bring more business to them or secure their business, this is ideal. And in case of Prezonium, I mean, they have a great product and I mean, it's a huge success story. Um, but because they decided not to do expenses and there are players in the market who are providing this as an add-on, and they sometimes are missing out on opportunities. And this is why like, if they bring us into the, to the table, the conversion rate or the probability is higher to win. And this is why... Um, they decided to do it and today we have around 180 joint customers and hopefully it's going to triple next year
0: okay nice that's that's very interesting because um like applying work were like worked with you so you tried like a lot of different approaches a lot of different channels in in sales so can you based on your experience tell me a bit more what works and what doesn't really work in terms of let's say cold outreach and prospecting
1: yeah I mean in general, like we tried a particular, like we tried to different like to different go to markets through, through partnerships. Um, and uh, especially regarding banks, this is not a type of partnership that I would recommend at these it this didn't work out for us. Um, I think when it comes to outbound, I mean, I remember the days when you were still um, were also working for us where we even do door to door to figure out, like the first customers in Berlin, which was really, really, really tough. Um, but what we, what we also, we were th- th- testing different channels, and what we see as an interesting opportunity in general is prospection via LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it used to work, like at least from my perspective, I think it worked better like two years ago, um, where basically you could um, approach them via targeted um, uh, sequences with follow-ups, I have the impression that um, the, it's getting more and more crowded uh, and the LinkedIn email box of people is getting crowded and they are not as responsive anymore. But what worked for us initially was interesting. And for example, Omeo was one of the clients we won via LinkedIn is like to reach out to the buyer persona via LinkedIn, small snippet personalized communication comparable. Um, I think to what you also recommend where like direct, uh, like super concise because decision makers don't have much time. Um telling what we do, who is using it, and why do why I believe that for them it's particularly good because we saw that they have so so many people in Czech Republic in London. Um so I think as long as it's personalized, it works well. Um, we also tested um, outbound mailing. This is not such an interesting channel for us. I think it worked. It worked more better for uh, like it works good if you sell to tech companies because mm-hmm. they are going to be quicker and more transactional, and they will look at it and say yes, no, if it works, or oh, it's fine for them. Um, But if you start to move up markets, like what we are now testing is account-based marketing via LinkedIn. And eventually, I think you won't get around doing the good old um, outbound prospection if you want to go up markets. Because if you sell to SMBs in the low touch self-service segment, maybe you do push marketing, content marketing, because this is the only thing you can afford from a unit economics point of view. But if you start selling to companies where you have like, um, I don't know, like 50K to 100K, annual contracts, Um, this is where it makes sense to have good people, well-trained. And in the end, and I think this is important, would be interesting to hear your thoughts on this, Tivo. Email sequences and LinkedIn and everything is good, but um, if you do calling and you're good at calling, I think you can have very good results as well. Like, what's your take on this? Would you optimize for, let's say, personalized, but like more like uh, automated outreach? Or how would you think about, a lead list of one hundred mittelstand businesses. So um I think cold calling
0: is a great channel, as you said. If you have the right people for that, who have the right attitude, um, it's definitely hard to find, especially in Germany, because we, you know, it's it's not as common as what we have. Or it's common for uh, real estate agencies or or uh, you know, insurance sales people, and it's really like it has a really bad rap. But I think. It can work extremely well to get direct feedback, quick feedback, and it's way quicker than asynchronous prospecting. But what I, be- I believe is that if you're going for an account-based marketing campaign with the list of accounts you want to go after, what you need to do is to integrate every channel you can. So uh, as long as your prospects are hanging out on uh, a channel, you're going to go and try to get it. So you have your marketing that will be aligned, and then you're going to have email, LinkedIn, phone, everything. So we we'll would do like multi-channel campaigns to really try and get uh, some quick replies. So cold calling, a lot of people say cold calling is dead, which I think is really stupid. Cold calling is not dead, never been, never will, I think. Um, It's just about where are your people hanging out and what you're, you know, like what you want to develop as an outbound prospecting team. So for me, typically, I don't really do cold call. I don't really need it because I'm not really that good at it and I just don't really like doing it. But I've developed a system where you hang out, you rely mostly on email and LinkedIn and a bit of creative prospecting. So I think outbound is a very important thing. Uh, sorry, yeah, cold calling is a very important thing. It's about the right, having the right people and making sure that your prospects are, are going to reply to or answer to mm-hmm. their phones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so like what we now are starting or started to do is also based on the insights we have from the industries which are working for us, uh, basically buy company data, enrich it with um, whatever information we can find on the internet provide those lead lists and also give the um, SDR team or the respective colleague the freedom to figure out what's the right strategy for him. Because for some, it works easier via mailing. For the others, they just go with the call phone. Um, I think it's good if you're flexible enough to find out the strategy which works for you. And I think like the interesting part or the aspect is that like a lot of the heavy lifting has been done. And because the economy, like the German economy is so huge, Um, There's so much still to gain because it's a product which is relatively universal to any industry uh, applicable. And since we can now mention companies like Data or even Deutsche Telekom as as references, I think uh, it's going to open many doors. But now like the the hard part is to find the right people that are interested in building a product product category leader. Mm -hmm. You talked about ABM.
0: So can you tell me a bit more about your ABM strategy and what you're building right now?
1: It's relatively early and not, I'm not building it myself, but basically we are looking at um, um, basically we've like created those lists of the ICPs um, and what we are now doing is via LinkedIn um, identifying the buyer personas that are at the senior level in, in the HR and finance function. And we are creating uh, like multi-touch strategies with uh, push marketing, lead capture, white paper forms where they can download the white paper or like different funnel, like to get them down the funnel. Um, and as long, like, like we've set it, like by now our CRM via HubSpot is also relatively well set up so we can also track the whole customer journey. And, and, the, the, and we are going to add um, something like lead feeder on top so we can actually see which uh, companies are uh, visiting our, comp- like our, our, our website more often. And then we are not yet at a stage where we would develop like an automated lead scoring, but the idea is that basically we would want to do as much as possible of warming up the lead so that the SDR does not have to break through code, uh, like the code cold door. So, mm-hmm. um, but, um, so like this is, we just launched it like I think last week, but we see already like in terms of the engagement KPIs, it looks like this is an interesting channel. Um, yeah. And now it's about having like a targeted communication depending on the buyer persona. Mm-hmm. So we differentiate between HR and finance and try to find like, what are the triggers for them to actually engage with us? Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. I think that's
0: very interesting. And 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 now there's so much di- digital footprint that we can use that um, it's very important to have the right tools. You mentioned HubSpot and Lead Feeder. Can you tell me a bit more about your tech stack and, and what you have to help your reps be successful?
1: Um. We use Aircall for voice over IP. We use Mojo for revenue analytics or like checking the calls and the demos. We use HubSpot for the CRM. HelloSign for e-signature. What we don't have yet is like a SDR dedicated product like SalesLoft or Bluebird or whatever is there. Uh, I mean, we are using a lot of Airtable. We have a lot of automations behind this curtain already done by our Growth team. And we are, um, I'm thinking... Yeah, and in the end, LinkedIn and Xing are also tools. But uh, I think the one piece or one piece that we are missing at the moment, I would say, is something for the SDRs. We are currently working with the sequences that you can, or like this, yeah, I think it's called sequences and hubspot, which is already yeah. handy. Um, <clears throat> but I think next year, if we grow our team to 10 SDRs, I think we would consider looking for a product like sales Loft, something which is even higher mm-hmm. automation or convenience for the colleagues. Okay. Okay, I see. I mean, that's already a pretty good uh, tech stack you have.
0: Um, as you see, like everyone kind of ends up in Salesforce at some point, or mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of like a, a thing at some point you, ha- you have to do it when you grow, but HubSpot can uh, can do a lot of, of work. And personally, you know, my, my honest opinion about stuff like Salesloft outreach is that they are good sequencers for SDRs, but nothing crazy, crazy different for than HubSpot for the SDR actually support. It's more for the manager that is gonna be really insightful to be able to work with outreach mm-hmm. and sales of coupled with the um, with the Salesforce. But, you know, if in terms of like making things easier for SDRs, definitely like uh, it doesn't make a huge gap I found between having outreach and HubSpot. So that's my, my take on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're also currently looking to hire German speaking reps Can you tell me a bit more uh, before you you talk about that, like what's the vision for the sales team for 2022? Where do you think you're going to be uh, at the beginning of the year and at the end?
1: I mean, the vision for the sales team is. I mean, like one good thing is we hired now. Uh, like uh, like not hired. We got on board Martin, uh, who's a seasoned uh, sales executive. He has I think now 12, 13 years of experience in sales. The last eight years as a sales director at two SaaS companies. One was Site Improve, which is by now a unicorn. Um, where he was the sales director for the DACH region. And then the second company he worked for is uh, Map, which acquired WebTrack. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to build high-performing sales organizations. Um, and we are now, I think, if you look at SDR, Account Executive, and the CSM, we are around 10 people with Martin. And by end of next year, we should be around 20 to 25. Um, depends on the markets that we are going to open next year. Um, I think the vision, and I think why it's exciting also to, to, to join is that um, it's still early days. There's a lot of responsibility people can take over. I mean, it's going to be like similar to other companies where you started as an SDR and then you can either become a team lead or an account executive or a customer success manager. I think we are moving at a relatively high pace, planning to grow 3X next year on the revenue side and uh, new markets also next year. We are now in a fundraiser of a series A. So I think it's an interesting time to join a SaaS company. And since Martin has been doing this for a few years, he has the experience also to train, develop the people into really like high-performing sales um, professionals. And uh, the vision is to provide or build an organization which is high-performing, has a lot of fun and gives a lot of autonomy to the people. So in terms of also um, our approach to hybrid work uh, or work in general, we are not going to be working from the office all the time, I think, we are currently looking at building different hubs so we are based in berlin but uh, looking into lisbon and also into like like uh, different country, uh, cities in germany because i believe that uh, working remote or hybrid is uh, the way to go but i think it's good if you have a place to reconcile with the team and sync and actually learn so yeah this is the the plan where we are standing at the moment we are now having i think 10 people in the go to market team so it's going to more than double next year
0: Okay. Okay. And so, so what what type of people should
1: join if they want? So, what are the open positions you have right now? Um, the open position we are currently have a customer success manager um, and SDRs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are looking for up to six SDRs uh, joining by Q1. Um, the perspective is if they do well within a year to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So either. Um, um, like uh, evolve into like a team lead or into maybe a junior account executive. Um, So these are the open roles when it comes to sales and CSM. Other open roles will be in partnership marketing product. But uh, since we are here to talk about sales, I think the SDR role is going to be the one that we are really looking for. I think it's a good role because as I said, I think it looks like we've cracked the German market and we are moving into other countries there's a lot to learn and also to take over responsibility and overall and, and, and to add, uh, we also have like from a, like from a compensation point of view, I mean, we have unkept uncapped compensations and uh, we, we are not, I would say greedy. We want to do well by our employees as long as we can grow at a good pace.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, I can like, I, I know Circula and I know you for, for a while now. And you know, you have some companies that go extremely fast and raise like, uh, you know like the the kind of uh, raise series a series b extremely quickly uh, without any you know you, and you take a huge risk when you go in there because you never know if the product is really just overhyped or if it's good and in your case the company has been there for four years and a half you've actually found the market that was a tough one you cracked it and now you actually are really getting the rewards of that and i think that's actually as you said a great opportunity to join now um because because you know there's this kind of like market fit that was found and and yeah you you've you've been going through that and so i think now it's going to be uh, as you said great to grow the the german market people know about you and again the the remote kind of possibilities are also great like selling to german people from lisbon for example could be a really cool uh, a really cool yeah. if i was yeah. a junior sdr and speaking mm-hmm. german i would love that
1: yeah and i think also maybe to to at one point i think also like the impact that people can have not just within the company and through for the personal professional development but actually if you think about it like because we were also for quite some long time struggling or i personally was struggling to identify myself and say like like what's you know like what's the bigger purpose i mean um and i think like since we've discovered or like this idea of benefits and benefits it sounds like a nice to have and a little bit fluffy but we found a way Our employees can have like two, three thousand euro more net salary on an annual base, and the employer is having like sixty percent less costs compared to if they would do like a conservative, like a traditional pay raise, salary raise. So I'm pretty confident, like if you get the right people on board, we can become the standard in Germany and other target markets in Europe. And I think then five years from now we could look back and have put like multiple billion euros of more money into the pockets of people. And I don't know about you, but my mom, for example, she's working for the German post office. She's making, I don't know, 36K gross annually. So, And we all are working in startups. We all have good salaries. But if I can look back in five years and say there were like a few hundred thousand people that have more money, this is bigger than just, as I said, trying to make Mm -hmm. one process a little bit faster and more nicer for tech companies.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great vision. And also benefits are key now in retaining employees because they... You know, there's so many opportunities, and uh, people are, are reconsidering careers, and I think it's very important. So I like the the, the vision of uh, putting billions in uh, in the pockets of people. So I think it's a, it's a good idea. Cool. So is there any last word? Anything you want to you want to talk about before we wrap this up?
1: Mm, I mean, just a shout out to I mean anyone who's interested in, in our, our our website, our product, or us as a potential employer. I mean, circular.com. Come and visit. Uh, you can also, if you're interested, approach me via LinkedIn because, as I said, we're really looking for, for talent. So, this would be my call to action. And uh, we will come back to you within 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's a,
0: so, basically, what I'll do i link to all the links to uh, your profile, the website, and also the uh, open job uh, job post. What I recommend for people who are interested, uh, reach out directly to Nikolai. Drop him a voice note or something. He's actually a very fun guy to uh, to hang out with and and, uh, and learn from. So uh, just talk to to Nikolai and uh, and yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Nikolai. That was really interesting. And congrats on uh, on building this cool company. Thank you, Diego. Thanks.
1: Congrats to what you've built as well. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're gonna get access to a content library with training, checklist, and exclusive resources. You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up.